Don't worry, everybody. The new episode is coming right up. But first, I want to remind you there are three quick ways that you can support the Fat Guy Forum and help the show keep going. First, make sure that you have rated and reviewed the show on whatever pod service you're using, whether that is Apple, Spotify, or whatever it is. Make sure you're doing that. Two, you can join the Patreon for a few dollars a month. You get access to the after show. You help keep things going because this show does have costs. And you're able to be a part of the Fat Guy Forum community that I would love to see grow, get your input on what you want to see going on with the show, and more. And the third and final way, if you can't join the Patreon, but you're buying products for yourself that I'm an affiliate for, like Redmond Real Salt and Kettle and Fire Bone Broth, there are links and codes in the show notes where you will save money when you use them, and I get a little bit to help things going here. So, please... Pick at least one of those ways to support the show if you enjoy listening to it on a regular basis, and know that I appreciate whatever you choose to do. And now let's get on with the episode. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is Gourmet. Um, there's never been anyone else hosting, so I don't know why I say that every week, but just so you're sure, it's me. It's me. I am here with you once again on the forum, ready to bring you another Another awesome guy whose story I'm, I'm excited to share, and his name is Paul Barnard. Paul, how are you doing today, man? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And this is one of, I think you're probably, I think you might be the third or fourth person I've recorded with internationally on the show. So I, I'm excited for, you know, for Paul, it's late afternoon. For me, it's it's yep. morning. So we're at different points in our day, but we're ready to talk. And so, Paul, yeah. let, let's get into it, man. Tell us. What qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Well, um, oh, it's uh, been a long journey. Um, I started, problems with my weight started as a child. Um, I think a lot of guys, it starts in childhood. Um, access to this, as soon as I could get in, I suppose. Um, I, I would eat uh, chocolate. I liked, liked my chocolate. Um, I was always the chubby kid at school, um, and I think that was my first bad experience with dieting. Um, I think I was about 14 years old, and I went on a crash diet, which resulted in me collapsing in oh, wow. the dinner queue, um, and I fractured my jawbone, or my jaw, because I hit hit the counter, of the lunch counter, and then headbutted the floor, and uh, next... Next thing I remember was being carted off to hospital. So that was the the first one, and that was basically just trying to lose weight due to bullying. I think um, all big kids will understand, all guys that were big kids will understand, like, kids can be cruel. Um, and like at the time, the kids doing the, making the jokes, they, to them it's funny, you know, it's, it's cool, but to the guys on the, the receiving end of it, it's, it's not it's not nice and I think you just try to do things to fit in with people which I think that's been the story of my life um really uh, just trying to all the ish, all the problems that I've ever gone through it's always probably stemmed from me trying to fit into a certain group or a certain clique um so for, so from there that was it's a school um, I suppose the last two years of school, I was fairly fit. Um, I'd done judo, uh, kept myself quite fit uh, up until about the age of 20. Um, and then I went through a bit of a bad breakup, um, started drinking heavily, and then got introduced to cocaine. Uh, one thing led to another, and what was just a Friday night thing got more and more regular. Um and that that lasted up until I was twenty years old, and I stopped using cocaine and alcohol completely on the twenty eighth of February, twenty twenty one. So it's about two and a half years ago. So that was always a bit of a problem. I think the longest I went over that seventeen year period, I, I managed six months clean and sober, but um, it always come back and bit me. And so, so that's all stopped. But I think the biggest addiction I've ever had was always food. Food is the one. I think it every 
every emotion under the sun, food seems to be the answer for it for a lot of people. You know, you're happy, you eat, you're sad, you eat. Um, and I think that the damage that food can cause, uh, it's huge, isn't it? It's like the health problems from being obese. Yeah, um, it's... Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, I think it's it's one of those things, and it's been a discussion I've had I had with several guests recently on the show, you know, the the intersections of addictions and, you know, the, the place that, you know, it, at the end of the day, like, it can really be about, and, and this, it's funny, because I, I, there was someone, on, you know, a person in the, in the health and fitness space influencer who kind of made a post the other day on, on one of the platforms that was like, you know, people aren't, you know, and he said, people aren't addicted to drugs and alcohol. They're addicted to, you know, escaping reality. And I honestly, like at that, I got really, I, I, well, I was a little upset at it, to be honest with you, like not to tangent off on it for too long, because there are, there are physical things that we get addicted to. You know, we do, there are, we may turn to things for a reason. And I think that's the, was the purpose of the post, like saying, you know, whether it's drugs, alcohol, or food, you know, it can be escaping things and that whether those things are things in the world or things, you know, inside of ourselves, the reason why we start using things can be one thing. But then that continuation of using them, you know, foods, drug, food, drugs, and alcohol, you know, does, ha- you know, is about a physical reaction our body's having and using those yes. substances for sure. Yes, there's, there's physical dependence, isn't there? And then there's there's the, the mental um, aspect of it. And, and, uh, the, and the challenge become, you know, I just, just get this out and I, I don't want to cut you off. Like, no, not at all. Drugs, drugs and alcohol, you can stop doing completely and survive. Yeah. Food, yes. you can't quit. So Exactly. It doesn't exactly mean one's that. worse than the other, or you know, I'm not ranking addictions, but no, there's different that's a valid point. Yeah, I think um, addiction. I I said this on a podcast yesterday, and you know, I, not everyone will agree with me. And I think if we all had the same viewpoints, then the world would be a very boring place. Um, but addiction can either be a gift or a curse, um, because like I used the same drive I had to get hold of drugs and alcohol is the same sort of drive that I've used to do what I've just completed, like the, the journey I've just gone on. Um, I'm a very, I suppose people would call it stubborn person in that if you tell me not to do something or that I can't do something, I will say, watch this, you know, and it was the more people would go on at me about my drinking and my drug use or even my food use, then the worse I would rebel and go the other way. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a stubborn streak. And it's when I said, right, I'm going to, I'm going to lose all the weight. And like, for instance, I want to get a six pack and people literally laughed at me. and said like, there's no way. Um, and I just used that as fuel to, really hyper focusing on my the goal that I had uh, and I suppose in a way that's um some people say that's obsession I suppose uh, but it wasn't it's was just me also proving to myself that I could do something because I think sometimes we we think we can't do something when when we can we just need to stick at it long enough to see the end result um, I think the amount of times I gave up on my journey over the years, I've, I mean, I've, I've been on countless failed diets. I lost in 2015, I lost 118 pounds. Um, and then I boxed, got in the, got in the ring for a charity boxing fight and straight away. I mean, that night after the fight, I, um, straight back to drugs and alcohol. Um, so that one is that was always niggling in the back of my head, and it's just like oh, I'll just I'll just get this training camp out of the way, and then I can start drinking drinking again. You know, it, it, it's I think a lot of people relate to that. You, you you stop things for a certain amount of time, and it's always I'll just get to the end of it, and then I'll go straight back to it, and it's, it's changing that mindset. Um. That, that's the hardest part. So I started journaling. I don't know if you like, it's just writing stuff down and writing my reason 
why I needed to change um, being my children. Because um, there was a few, very well, yeah, there was quite a few low points um, between 2015 and now. Um, I did take the cocaine use too far on three occasions um, and very nearly didn't make it through. Um, just too much. Uh, one of them, I was abroad. I was in Spain on a stag do. Um, it, it was my best friend's stag do, actually. Um, he's a police officer, so it wasn't one of the brightest ideas I had to um, go and start finding drugs in a foreign country. Um, but that that wasn't a pleasant experience. I definitely took it too far that time. And then the very last time... Um, I left the house on a Friday afternoon. I actually told my wife I was just going to the shop to buy a bar of chocolate and I didn't come home until Sunday morning. Um, and I'd definitely taken it too far that time. I had sleep apnea at the time, so I had to sleep with a like a mask on, a CPAP mask. And I, I couldn't breathe without wearing the mask. I had to have the mask on because I couldn't breathe. And I remember promising my wife and I promised myself there and then I'll never drink again and she didn't believe me um what I don't well I was very lucky that she was still with me at that point 14 years she'd put up with me um behaving like that so she's a very tolerant woman um and I promised her there and then and she she still didn't believe me I could see the look in her eyes right and you know I knew I knew she didn't she didn't I knew that she'd given up because she didn't scream and shout at me this time you know, it's like she just didn't care anymore. And that was a big like, kick up the backside. So, right, you need to sort this out now. Because um, she she was done. And I didn't want to... Um, I didn't want to lose my family. Not, not over that. So, there and then... Um, so, since that day, I haven't touched alcohol. haven't touched drugs. I stopped vaping. Because vaping addiction was terrible, um, I, I would literally vape until I went blue or grey. Um, yeah, it was too too much. Everything I ever did was to excess, including food. And I think that's definitely something a lot of people can relate to. It's very excessive, and when binge eating, it's just when you can't stop and you. You don't know why. I think a lot of a lot of people will relate to that. It's like you're, you're eating and they're like, why have you eaten all of that food? And you just don't know why. Um, and I went on an episode like, so after I'd stopped the drug and alcohol and then the vaping, I got, I think I lost maybe 50 or 60 pounds. And then... That was another failed diet. I started eating again, um, but eating to the point um, till it hurt. And I still, I still couldn't tell you why I was doing that. But I got into a routine of we. I'd leave in the morning. It was the same routine every day. Um, so I'd go. We have a, like a shop where I'd go and buy a meal deal, and then I would go. We have a, a bakery. It's called Greg's. Those from the UK will know. And I'd go there and then I would buy excessive amounts of food and I would eat all of that. Then I'd have a McDonald's. Then I'd come home and I'd eat loads of cheese and bread and then I'd have my dinner. Then I'd finish off the kids' dinner. It was just like food was constant. Um, I just couldn't stop eating. And my mood, um, it was getting worse and worse. I was getting very depressed, uh, very anxious. And um, that got to a point where I just didn't want to be around anymore. Um, and there's a, there's a car park that I still can't go to the top level of this car park because I decided um, one night after finishing a big binge, um, I was sat in the van and um, I was crying whilst I was stuffing this food into my face. And I just remember saying, right, that's it. Um, I'm better off just not being here. And I I decided that was it. I was going to go and I thought, for some reason, I thought I'd put my wallet and my phone on the side so people knew who I was. Um, 
And when I, I have a habit of pressing the uh, power button on my phone to check my phone no- notifications, and I'd done that, and um, my lock screen was a picture of my, my two kids. And I saw that picture, and it was just in that instant moment, I was like, what are you doing? Um, you, you, you need to sort this out. You know, you need to, you need to be around for them, and it it was it was a weird a weird kind of feeling. It was like right, you know, it just sort of everything. I was that so close to just um, like if I hadn't looked at my phone or like pressed that button, it's like the things that were going through my head. I was like, what what's going on? Um, I came straight home, and that was it. I was like, I'm I'm sorting this out now once and for all. Spoke to my wife, and said need to get this sorted out. Um, and I started on my diet, um, for the first three weeks of my diet, my scales said error. So I'll never know really exactly how heavy I was. Um, but then they started weighing, at, um, you know, it was 155 kilos. So it was like well over 300 pounds, well over 300 pounds. And since then I've lost uh, 176 pounds with uh, the help of, I got myself a coach, um, an online coach. He's a guy called Joe Gann. Um, he's a bodybuilding coach. Um, because, like I said, everything I do is extreme. Um, and I suppose that led up to so it's eighteen months of of training um, and tackling tackling the the binge eating. And it was, I suppose, it was giving myself something else to be addicted to like the gym um and my training which like I'm if I miss a session I do I can get still now even if I miss a session it sort of it bugs me a little bit uh, I, I like to try, try and be regimented um in in what I do I just find it easier for me to do that um so i Took loads of courses, got myself qualified as fitness professional. Um, and I started my own coaching business as well, helping other people, which I really enjoy because there's so many different um, people from different walks of life who've got all different problems. And I like talking talking things through with them. And they're, they're, they've got their own issues. It's not as though like everything that worked for me will work for them, you know? So it's, it's like finding the pieces of the puzzle and helping them. And I think they, they all relate. They all say the same thing. They relate to me because they know that I have been where they are. So it's not as though they've got someone who's never been overweight in their life telling them, right, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. It, cause it's, cause I suppose it could be quite difficult for people to hear from someone who's never been through the struggles that they have telling them, right, you've just got to do this or you've just got to do that. And it's like, hey, you don't know what I'm going through. Don't tell me what, I, what, how I'm supposed to be feeling or what I need to be doing. It's easier to say that to someone when you don't know or you've never felt like the pain and the, the struggles that they're going through. It's like, it's all like saying, just stop eating. It's like, all right, it, it's not just about that, is it? It's, you can't just say to someone, just stop eating or just stop doing it because you've got to find the cause of why, why it's happening in the first place if, if that yeah. makes sense no it, compl- I mean, it, it completely makes sense yeah. and i there, there's a lot there in what you just shared like so yeah. I, I i think we should you know let, let's break some of it down and, and kind of dive into yeah, of it course. because i want to you know i because i i think the work you've done you know and if anyone you know we're gonna we'll talk about where people can find you and they can see the transformation that you've been through physically but I think there's some things there that are really important for people to hear and, and also some aspects of your story too. Like one of the questions I want to, I want to go back to first is when you were, when you were kind of in that, you know, after, like you said, after 20 is when kind of drugs and alcohol entered the picture and food was already in the picture, you know, at that point, you know, as you went through those years, was there, did you for yourself see any as you know, see any one of those pieces as a bigger problem than another? You know, like just to get us into like, because I, I think it's important sometimes for people to get into like the mind of addiction. Like when when you sit down and look at like drugs, alcohol and food, like were you like, OK, if I move, you know, if this if I put some pressure on this lever to control this, it's not these aren't as bad. Like where where is your head at? Like in terms of how you, what your perspective was on your challenges? It was 
alcohol was um, always the trigger for cocaine. You know, if, if I if I didn't drink, I wouldn't even think about um, using cocaine. It, it was just it's uh, two or three beers in, and that was it. I I, I was gone, um, and that was every single time I'd have a drink. So stopping stopping that was a big issue. Not only that, the money. The when I think about the amount of money I've wasted over my life, it it it's yeah, just it's horrible to think about. So, but it um, food is one that um, yeah, binge when I'm when I'm on a binge, it's to the point like of pain, painful eating, um, and it, it stops becoming enjoyable. But then I would I'd still carry on. And I knew, I think in the back of my head, I knew what I was doing. And I said to someone the other day, I don't know if it was, if it was kind of a way of self-harm for me, just for me, like, I'm not saying that everybody uses food for self-harm, but I think it maybe for me, it was, I, I knew I was hurting myself because I was eating this food um, to the point of it being painful. Um, I, I don't know, p- p- people... People eat emotionally for different reasons, um, and for me, it it was just filling. I don't know. It was filling a void. I think I still need to. Um, I still need to work out exactly why. Exactly why. Um, there's there's few things like f- from my childhood. Um, that they weren't weren't really bad. It was, um, I suppose, I could blame so many different things for why I, I was doing what I was doing. Um, I think uh, it all boils down to I I was the one who was doing it, um, and sometimes sometimes I I needed to take responsibility for it. I think at some point. Um, and I think when I took responsibility for my own actions with the drinking and the drugs, like even the, I don't know if I mentioned, I had a problem with gambling as well. It's addiction and me, it it really got me right from, from, from all angles, you know, everything I do is too extreme. Um, and I think you'll see that with my transformation as well. It's, it is pretty extreme. Um, and I think it's, like I said, everything I do, I'm hyper-focused on it. And I do it to, I suppose, excess. Um, yeah. It can, like I say, it can be a gift and a curse. Right, and that's what I was going to say is like, I think yeah. there's, you know, I, I think there's things that you see, you know, some commonality in stories of addiction that we see sometimes where it's like the the positive skills or strengths and abilities that we have get corrupted and folded into the addiction. So, you know, and that's when in disentangling that, you know, and, and like you said, you know, like we're sitting here and there's now, you know, we're on some levels like a checklist of a checklist of addictions. So it's not even, you know, like from the outside perspective, it's like, okay, it's not just that Paul was eating a certain type of food that was causing him a problem or having a certain kind of alcohol that was causing him a problem. Like it was in the, you know, there's, there's a root there about using actions or substances or behaviors to fill something that is, is probably the hardest question I think for anyone who struggles with addiction to answer. And the hard part is I don't always think that there's a clear answer. And I don't no, always think I that don't there's, think there is. and and also like, let, let's also, you know, I, I think it's incredible. You know, obviously your sobriety is incredible and the work you've done physically is incredible. And it's also realizing that before that time, you know, we're going, we're, we're talking, going back a couple of years, you had decades of behavior. So it's like, in a lot of ways, like the metaphor I always use is like a, a, a small, you know, a small, like trickle of water can carve can carve grooves into a stone so if you want to change the course of that water you're having to carve into that stone again and 
it's it's not always like it's not you know i think we and as human beings we want there to be one simple answer you know we want there to be one okay this is exactly why i was doing this so now i know understand that i'm not going to do that anymore and the hard thing with addiction is there are even times where we can understand the root cause of something but the behavior is so ingrained now so it's no longer about like drugs alcohol food you know and food for a lot of people out there like you know they understand why you know you can you can sit with it you can sit with a therapist for years uncover the root causes of your behavior whether it's with food or alcohol or whatever it is but that doesn't necess- that doesn't automatically make you say okay that then now that behavior is gone because that behavior has become something in upon itself it's a habit isn't it you formed the habit um it's like breathing isn't it you, you breathe automatically because it's a habit so some some people do things and they don't even know they're doing it. You know, it's just an automatic, automatic thing that they do. It's like, like I said, I, I had the habit of checking the notification screen on my phone and I still do that. It's, it's just habits that are formed and built. Um, but habits can be, I think they can be redirected. If that makes sense, we can redirect things. Um, it's like, it's, it is replacing one addiction with another addiction on on the basic principle of it but it's replacing a bad addiction for one that's going to serve me like so, like so being fit and healthy serves me much better than being overweight and like drinking alcohol and taking drugs and it's i think I'll always I will always be someone who has addictive traits um, I will always be that way. I've accepted that. Um, even to, even to this is how tolerant my wife is. I I have thirty five snakes. Um, that's another one of my addictions. I breed ball pythons. <laughs> you know, it's it's not. I I never do anything like small. If, when I decide I'm going to do something, it's it's big, and I do it like full throttle. And like I say, and I'll keep saying it, it can be a gift in that I will make sure I get the job done. If it's something that needs, like, that I'm really passionate about, I will, will achieve it. Um, but if I was to go the other way again, you know, then, then it probably will kill me. So I make sure that I am always going to be doing something positive now. Um, and that, that's why I started, started doing the coaching because I give every everything I do in that it, it's a hundred percent. I think you have to be when you've got people relying on you, and like they they need need your help. You know, my guy they contact me twenty four seven. You know, and I try and get back to them asap. It, it's it's something that I'm really passionate about, and I think I always will be. That that's my um, that's what I want to do. You know, I, I make a goal and then once I make a goal, then you just, you figure out the steps to get there. I think one of the, one of the things this has taught me is that no matter where you are, well, for me, no matter where you are or how low you think you are, like it's not over. You can change your life around. So for, for the, for the people that are really low, um, and they, they think this is it, this is the end, there, there's nothing nothing left, you, you can change it. You you, you really can. We, we are, there is, it's not going to be easy, there is going to be struggles, I, I, you have to work, work work at it and um, get get the help that you need, but it, it can be changed. We can, I think the human body, we, we can do anything we want to do. I mean, you, you look at some of like the, the top athletes and some of them have come from, literally nothing you know that it's it's just working towards stuff and like just relentlessly pursuing it i think i i I believe if we just want something and we really 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 put our minds to it we can achieve what we want to achieve that that's just my view is you know everyone's got different like i say if everyone's got different opinions and well like, like if yeah. Well, I don't think it's so, a different opinion. Like, I, I, I yeah. think it's also important to acknowledge in there, like, too, the incredible flexibility of the human body in terms of 
the punishment that you, you, you put your body through. I look at, you know, the years, you know, the, the extreme amount of time that I spent over 500 pounds, like yes. the punishment that, that we put our bodies through and they still keep going, you know, yes. is the thing to give you hope. Like, and that's why, like, it's cliche 100%. to say, it's cliche to say, like, you woke up today and you're breathing. So it's another opportunity to make change. But the reality is, is like, if your body is taking the hammering that you're putting it through and it's still not giving up on you, it's like, you have to shift that focus to, okay, how do I make sure that I'm not giving up on my body? You know, and something I want to get in, you know, I, I do want to point out too, like, I think, you know, you're in terms of like that idea of like redirection, redirection of the habits and, you know, that, you know, clearly, like you, you said, you know, and you, you own it, you know, there's, there's an addictive nature to your personality. And I think that happens for a lot of people. Like, it's also realizing that the positive things you're doing can become negatives if you allow it to go to that place. Like I've seen, you know, you, you see people who go from that place of whether they're it's food or drugs or alcohol, and then they get, you know, really into taking care of themselves and get into health and fitness and then start to realize that they're neglecting their relationships and their work and all those things in the same exact way, you know? So you might not, you're not, you're not inching as you're not inching close to death anymore, but you're still not, you know, you're still not living the life that you want to be living. Like you're realizing that things are taking you away from it. And you just, so I think it's, it is. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, so you just touched on something. So obviously for the last um, 20 weeks, I've been doing the photo shoot prep. I've done the photo shoot on Sunday and I was so fixated on it. Um, And I actually did stop and realize that I hadn't taken my wife out (laughs) for 20 weeks and and I was like, and she supported me through the whole thing, but we missed birthday meals, we missed an anniversary meal, um, and and then I thought about it, and I was like, on my part, I think I know she supports, she did hundred, she supports me in everything I do, but that addiction, like you, something you just said there, it was just like I I focused on that photo shoot. Um, at the exclusion of everything else, and I think that's an addic- that's like an addictive trait. Um, that and it it's the same with um, for an addict who's using, you know, they focus on that to the exclusion of family, friends. You know, it's that is the thing that that they're, they're going for. It's. Um, Finding balance, isn't it? It's, balance is probably the hardest part of the journey. Losing the weight, um, losing losing the weight. I suppose I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to say it's easy. It's, it's not easy, but it could be the easiest part. Is when getting getting to there and then maintaining and staying staying there. Because I think all the time you've got a goal to focus on. You're driven, aren't you? You've got you've got something to head towards. Um, you're, you're chasing something down. And I think where a lot of people, especially myself, you like, you know, when people, people rebound, like they, they'll lose weight and then they'll regain it. And then they'll lose weight and then they'll regain it. It's because we get there, we've lost the weight and then we get there and we think, right, what's next? You know, what, what, what do we do now? You know, and I think learning maintenance is probably the hardest part for a lot of people. You know, it's definitely, definitely um, a struggle for a lot of people, and especially it was was for myself. Um, but we just we set another goal, and then we set another goal. I think it's it's phases as well. It's not. I think people on their their journey that they, they set it so low because you can't lose weight forever. Right, you can't oh, be yeah. in a deficit forever, can you? So you you've got to once you get to one goal, I think you just you've got to set another one. Well, I, that, Pers- that's, personally, that's, yeah, that no, I think that's really important, and I, it's something I talk about all the time, not with just clients, but like in in this space and on social media. Like, I especially if you're someone that has struggled with uh, food addiction, binge eating, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, or just you know morbid obesity, you know extreme being extremely overweight. And you under, you learn through the process of conquering those things, the importance of purpose and goals, 
and the the purpose, the importance of intention and having those be driving things. Because like you said, you know, there are hard days. There are days where it's really hard and you don't want to do things. And that's all, you know, it's that addiction pushing back really hard. And if you even just allow yourself to stay still on those days and don't remember what your purpose and intention is, it's easy to fall backwards. And I think that's why when it comes to this idea of, you know, living in maintenance and I'll, you know, I'll be a hundred percent open there in that, like, I don't think, you know, on some levels, like it's, it's always been a perfect journey for me in maintenance. You know, I've put weight on, I've lost weight. I've put weight on, I've lost weight. I've never gotten back to the place where I was before. Well, this time around, but I, I have been in that place of where I've kind of had those moments of consciousness where I'm like, okay, I have been letting this go in a, in the, in a different direction for too long because I haven't been focused on something. And I think it's like, it really is that idea that, and you have to be able to continue to identify goals and they can't just be like, I think something that happens too often is either at the beginning of a person's journey or when they're trying to transition into like from weight loss to maintenance, the goals are vague. You know, the goals are instead of the goal being, you know, like when you're, when you want to lose, you know, you lost 176 pounds, you know, whatever weight, you know, I've, you know, the amount of weight that I've lost, like, instead of saying, I want to lose X amount of pounds, or I want to be able to do, you know, physically, I want to be able to do the following things, you know, I have clients that I have one client who is very much is working on doing an unassisted pull up, you know, that's a tangible goal, losing a certain amount of weight is a tangible goal. When the goal is, I just want to get better, I want to lose weight, I want to be thinner, I want to be fitter, you know, descriptive terms aren't goals. And they can feel like it. It can feel really motivating. Like you can 100% be certain that the goal of losing weight is what's going to drive you to move forward. But the reality is, how do you track that? You know, how do you how do you stay on top of understanding that that's actually working and happening and the things, all the hard work you're doing that's making you cry at night because you're hungry and you're going to bed because you're trying to avoid those episodes with food or you're pushing something away or, you know, getting up early to go to the gym, whatever it is. How do you say is this worth it without being able to say I'm moving towards this goal that I can, I can yes. measure. Mm -hmm. That's right. There's a step. There's got to be a step. To everything you do, you've got to, it's pushing you towards a greater goal. You know, what, why you have to find your why. So why are you doing what you are doing? You have to have a reason, um, to go, go further forwards. Um, so my goal, so my goal personally for me my goal was get down to my leanest that I've ever been because now I want to go into a growth phase and build muscle okay so I had to get lean so now I'm still going to train I've got another another goal now to work towards um and it will be strength goals you know like I, I want to hit a certain leg press I want to hit a certain bench press you know so the, the scale weight now for me it's something that will still be measured but it's not that scale weight i think we put so much emphasis on scale weight and we let a box on the floor dictate how our day is going to go you know and we have such an emotional connection to what that number is in the morning it can make or break someone's day and we we really need to try and pull away or people need to pull away from having such a strong connection to what that number on the floor is because there's the scales don't know what you've eaten or how much water you're holding or how much salt you had the day before you know and and i like you probably get the same i have clients that are like oh i've put on two pounds overnight i'm like you haven't you you literally haven't you can't it's not possible like it's unless you've gone and eaten like seven eight thousand calories overnight and it's even then it's still it's still not going to be like fat gain, um, but it's getting. That's that's why I weigh in every day and just looking at the average, like the daily, the, the spikes and the dips, and you just know what's going on. You get to learn your body, um, and you know, like okay, so I had a higher carb meal, or I've I've had salt, extra salt on my my food, and that that's why the scale weight spiked, and it's understanding that, and I think. I, I was terrible for it. Like I'd think, oh, the, the scales hasn't haven't they haven't done what I want them to do, and I would let it ruin my day. And that's when people, a lot of the time, that's when people will go, this isn't working. I give up and then go on a binge. And it, it, it's controlling that and 
realizing that the scales are not the most important um, measurement of progress. And that, as it were. yeah, and that's the and and that's the hard thing is because there are times where the scale matters. Like yeah, no, hundred you know, percent. There, there are times 100%. where you know, and I know you, and you're not saying that it doesn't. Like no, and, not and at I, all. I think that's like. I think either we push too, you know, especially in like the social media space, like there's a push too hard to be like, throw your scale away and never get on it again, or, or worship your scale. And there's a place in between. And, and the hard part is, especially when we're people that have struggled with these issues, we, like you're saying, like, there's no in between, there's the extremes, you know, like I, I, yeah. I, I sometimes describe myself as being like a light switch person, like the switch is on okay. and I'm a hundred percent great. The switch is off yeah. and I'm a hundred percent not great. Like it's, it's all or nothing. Yeah. And it's realizing like, and I think for, and that's the thing is like, and I think like I, I'm a proponent of daily weighing because it gives you a data point that is about a trend over time, not about, you know, when it's something I do, you know, when I work with clients and they'll be like, you know, this, oh, the today's weighing wasn't great. The scale wasn't, you know, and they can get really into their head on that. And then I'll say, well, you know, but when I look at your weekly trend, you're, you're down over two pounds this week. And they're like, I am. And it's like, yeah, you got to look at, you got to realize that the scale, like, it's the same thing, you know, when it comes to like, I'm in the keto space. And there's a, a lot of people that talk about like testing blood, like testing blood ketones, testing blood sugar, all of those things. When we test our blood, when we get on the scale, when we do those things, that's a picture of where we're at at that moment. So if it's 7am on Tuesday, that's a picture of where your body's at at 7 a.m. on Tuesday after, you know, the day you had before, like all of those things. So it's it's getting to a place where you can let go of that one moment defining you and looking at, okay, what, are the, what is the bigger picture? And getting to a point where it, you know, I, and I do think it eventually becomes to a place where the metric isn't just is the scale moving, but how is my body moving? Like, how am I feeling? Am yeah, I sleeping better? That's right. You know, how that's am I feeling? Exactly you know, and like we've talked about, you know, so, you know, in this discussion so far, like, how am I feeling mentally? Like, am I connected with the people around me or am I using other things to, to disconnect? Like, these are all things that are important to me. So define them as goals, define them as metrics to track, define them as things that allow you to have purpose and, and don't lose sight, you know, don't become so hyper you know, and again, this is the challenge. And this is a challenge that sometimes, you know, and hyperfixation is, is an issue that people deal with, you know, and, and some, you know, on some levels, people are like, well, it's, I just need to break out of it. But for some people, it's, it's to a point where it's pathological, and they need support, and they need, you know, and whether that's the help of another person, whether it's a coach, or that's a, a counselor, or even a, a psychiatrist with medication at times, like depending on like the, the extent of, of the impact on a person's life, like there are things where you need to find the tools that are going to help you and turn your strengths back into strengths. Use, identify the things that you're good at, identify the things that you need to work on and be clear on what you're doing. And like you said, like I'm a huge proponent of, of people understanding their why. And I think too often we, try to answer that question why and we're, we're not we don't get the real answer out of a person you know no, the first time they ask go, you've got to go so deep um but so when so when i get people to find their why like that they could put um for instance like i say right so why why do you want to lose weight or get fit and healthy and like the number one answer generally is for my kids and you go, okay but but why but why? Oh, just because I want to do something with them. And it was like, no, but, but why? And you get deeper and deeper and deeper. And then it's like, because I actually want to be around, like to see them graduate or to see my grandchildren. And you get so deep because some, you get to a point where you think, right, listen, unless you sort, sort your health out, you're not going to see those things. Um, and you've got to be like really honest Sometimes you've you've got to say, listen, unless you sort this out, you're you're just not going to be around to to see your kids have kids, you know. And when you, when when you can make your why so strong that um that nothing's going to stop you reaching your goal, you know, then then you have found your why, you know. And and you have to you have to make your why so strong that when you sitting there and you think oh i've got like say if you've got a step target and you think oh, i've got another two thousand steps to do so i was if i had two thousand steps to do I'd, I'd sit on the sofa and i'd be like oh like, i can't be bothered i was like no like 
discipline, remember remember my why, and I just got up and go and do them. And now you've probably seen from my story, I'm up at silly o'clock in the morning, and then um, I go I go and do quite a big walk every morning, and that's just become part of my routine, and that's for my mental health as well, because at that time in the morning there's nobody around. I get to see all the wildlife in the area that I live in. And it's just where I do all my, my thinking. And I suppose I call it mental journaling. Like I think about my day and what I've got to do and get myself prepared for the day in the peace and quiet when the world's still asleep. I just, that's that's my thing. That's yeah. what I do. Which is important. And like you said, like it's that idea that your why is big enough to conquer the challenges. Like you're, you're you know, especially if you're someone, you know, you're struggling with food issues or so, you know, if you're in that pattern, like, you know, I know I, I, you talk to a lot of people where like fast food is a challenge and they used to, you know, like that, that story you told of going to eat before you got home to eat is something I think that a lot can resonate with a lot of people. So if pulling into the drive through or walking into the takeaway shop has been your pattern and your habit and the thing that you, and for, you know, and let's, let's be real about it. Like it's the thing you look forward to you know, it's the thing that gives you that moment of respite from the chaos in your life. Like, yeah, if that was done automatically, yeah. it was like I was on autopilot. I and wasn't it, even thinking about it. It was it was autopilot. It was just something I'd done every day. And if you have an emotionally resonant why that is is strong enough and you're keeping it in focus, which I think is the challenge, because it's not just about knowing your why. It's about how are you revisiting it on a daily basis so it drives your actions. If you're thinking about that, it becomes harder to just say, oh, well, you know, I pulled into McDonald's and got food because I didn't think about it. Like, I think one of the biggest problems like that a lot of people struggle with is they, they, what's the best way to phrase this? Like they, they allow their behaviors when it comes to food and, and not being active and all of those things to be, um, I don't know why I did that. I don't, you know, I, and yes, that can be a hard answer, that question to answer. Like you talked about, like, why, you know, when you were binging, why were you eating it to the point that you were in pain? Like, that's a big question. But just getting it, you know, eating off your plan and saying, oh, I, and, you know, and, you know, I, when a client reports to me and they said, okay, you know, I, I know this is what I had planned for today, but this is what I did instead. And I say, well, why did you do that? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to accept that answer. Like, let's actually, let's actually talk about what was going on that day you know, how did you end up in that place? What made it okay? You know, that's another question I say to people, like, what made those choices okay? And people don't like that. Because then they're like, well, I'm not saying it was okay. That's why I'm telling you that I did it because it wasn't okay. I'm like, but you did it. So something in that moment made it okay. And if it's, I think often what it comes down to is, you know, if that person has this, this emotionally resonant why, like, I can't say the number of people that I worked with that in a, you know, losing weight is about saving their lives because they're, they're in a place where they're going to die if they keep going in the path that they're on. So if losing, you know, if your why is saving your life, why was getting that McDonald's more important than saving your life? And that's not a clean question to answer. Like there's no definitive answer there. Like there's no easy way to go through that, but it's then it's almost that moment of realization. You know, the more important piece is saying, as I sit and look at it right now, that's not more important than saving my life. So I need to remember that this is about saving my life when I feel those challenges, you know, and before it becomes, before you've turned the wheel on the car and you've pulled into the drive through, you're already in touch with how you're feeling that day and in, in touch with where the, your why is sitting in your purpose for the day before you get to yeah. that point. It's like the pre-work that sometimes is missing when those things happen. Yeah, it's, um, you know... It's, it's saying say like English um, without sounding really harsh. Sometimes it's um, is it? Uh, I don't know how to say this without sounding really harsh. It's literally like excuses. It's like mm -hmm. I can't swear on this podcast <laughs> because it's, it's okay. Um, it's okay. It's, it's like it's like screw your excuses sort of thing. It's it's that sort of saying. It's like you, you stop making excuses for poor behaviours. Um, yes, we we all fall off the wagon. Some we ev it, everyone does. You, no one's going to be a hundred percent perfect a hundred percent of the time. It's nipping it in the bud straight away and accepting and taking responsibility 
for the action that we have just just done. You know, as as well, I believe it's like if we do something wrong, we got to take responsibility for it. Um, it's like I got back to saying it. It was me stopping blaming everything else and everyone else for what I was doing. There was some element of of responsibility for what I was putting into my body, and I had to man up, I suppose, to say, right, I was doing that, um, and I'm the only person who can stop me doing that. No, no one had a gun to my head saying, eat this food, drink this alcohol, you know, and that was a big part of it for me. And it's not the same. I'm not saying it's the same for everyone because it's not everyone's on a different journey and but, a different story. No, but what I think you're saying is like, that's important. And I think the, the important piece in it all is realizing for, you know, for that person out there who's like, well, that's, that's all great and good that they were able to do that, you know, but I'm, you know, this is not a place I'm getting myself to yet. It's realizing that that's not easy to do. Taking, take, you know, taking that responsibility, like it sounds easy, like stop, you know, screw your excuses, stop making them. That yeah. sounds easy. It's not. Like, no, it's not. At it's all. acknowledging that it's not like, it, it goes back to that concept that in a lot of ways, these things, the things that we need to do to get, to get healthy are simple, but they're not yes. easy. You know, they're not easy. like it, it'd be like you said, you, you said this like probably 20 minutes ago or so, like, if you could just tell someone to stop eating so much and they did it, then problem solved. But that's, that's not it. Like that is literally not it. Like that's not the the, the path that most people are going to take. Like it's right. It's the rare person. And, and I'll be honest. I've had guys on the show who were well over 400 pounds and, and lost all the weight. And when you're like, what was it like for you? And they're like, and, and they're honest to God answer is, I just never really paid attention to how much I was eating and I didn't really know the impact that certain foods were having. And when I learned about that, I stopped doing it and I lost all the weight. And that's the, that's, you know, that's the, that's the, the, the gem you find amongst everything else. Like that person who's the unicorn, that's the unicorn, I guess is a better way to put it. You know, the unique experience where it, it is as simple as saying, oh, you know, if I eat one cup of, of pasta instead of eight, that's not as many calories. I didn't know that. I know that now. I won't do it anymore. If that's you, you know, God bless you. Like you're, you're. I, I'm, I'm, I'm envious of that. But the re, the more the bigger reality is, is that the path to doing the thing that sounds simple when defined is a lot rockier yeah. for most people. Of course it is, because there's there's more than one. Um, quite often for some people, there's more than one. The one thing causing causing the uh, emotional eating or. They might be battling more than one thing. Like I said, like for me, it was food, drugs, and alcohol, gambling, all at the same time. You know, and one was making, like you say, one would make another one worse. You know, like the, on a come down, um, you feel awful. So once you sort of start perking up a bit, you just want to eat. You know, so you, you, you're eating more as well. It's everything was all. All what they, it was all working together, but against me, if that makes sense. And my health, my health got to a point where um, I really struggled, even just to get off of the sofa. Um, sleeping, I didn't sleep. I lost my driving license. I um, but just before I was diagnosed with sleep um, sleep apnea, I remember not sleeping properly for nearly a month, and I think that was probably one of the most stressful times of my life um that that was a horrible feeling uh, sleep deprivation is is really really not pleasant um and i remember that morning that i went to the doctors i remember waking up and the next thing i remember i was parked up outside the office and i don't remember getting in the van and driving to work because because i hadn't slept and it and i just I was like, what's going on? And I called the doctor and I literally that I couldn't drive for a month until I got the treatment I needed. And it's the health implications of being overweight. So the things that don't happen to me now that used to happen to me, I don't have sleep apnea anymore, so I don't have to sleep with a CPAP mask. I don't get gout anymore. I used to get severe gout. Um, to like, couldn't even put a sock on because my big toe would swell up so badly with the gout. Um, I don't have 
the constant pain in my joints um, anymore. I could like silly. I couldn't go into a lot of people re- like connect with this. I couldn't go into a clothes shop and buy clothes off of the peg, like off of the the hanger, because um, there were none big enough for me. I got married in a size fifty six inch waist trousers um so you know and I'm, I'm now down to a 30 so 30 inch so it's gone completely to the other end of the spectrum but it's the i think when people start losing the weight and things start becoming easier and they realize that they can do more as as they're they're losing the weight i think that also can become quite addictive and that can help them push push forward towards their goals. It's it's setting mini goals along the way because I think for a lot of people they they have got a big journey, like they've got a mountain to climb um, to get to where they need to be. And I think making it easier for them is to set smaller goals along the way, like targets, loads of mini targets leading up to the big the big target. So it's less daunting for them, you know. That that's that's quite important in in the journey of when you've got a lot of weight to lose. It's all right saying, right, I've got to lose two hundred pounds. That is scary to anybody, you know. Sometimes it seems impossible, but I think if you set set the goals and loads of mini goals along the way, so you're getting the wins. You know, you you're getting the weekly wins that keep you keep you locked in on your target and locked in on the goal and locked in on the journey it doesn't doesn't feel like it's taking forever because you're getting getting the the wins as you go i think that's really important yeah, and that I, is really important yeah i think i i think it really is and and i i also i mean i feel like man we could probably go on talking for three hours yeah. about these things yeah. for sure you know and i, yes. I want to you know and i think you know i want to i want to come back to you you know, to, to get into kind of wrapping up this discussion, yep, you know, okay. from the perspective of like, what, because looking at the things that you've been through, you know, the ups and downs, you know, c- coming off, coming out of drugs and alcohol, the ups and downs you had with your weight, and now the success and that drive to move forward that you found now, like, what do you think are the things that you have are locked on to that, it, to you, tell you, this is, I'm going to, I, of course, now my my words are, are being awful. Um, this is what's going to carry me forward into the future. This is why I have this is why I have no concern that I'm going to be able to be there for my family. I'm going to be able to be that person that I that I wanted to be. Like, what are the things that tell you that the future looks bright for you? I actually, um, when I was on my walk this morning, I actually um, the thought came to me. Um, it, someone asked me if I regretted like everything that had happened and that that I'd done and I thought about this and it was I don't I had to I had to go there so that because if I hadn't have gone there I wouldn't become or be who I am now um and I think everything I do believe everything happens for a reason and I believe that I had to go through that so that I could come back so I can help other people that are struggling and that that is what I want to do now I actually set a target that I wanted to help a thousand people um change their lives which doesn't sound like much to some people but to me it just makes everything that I went through worthwhile if I can if I can help people turn their lives around then everything that happened to me um as much of as much as a lot of it was self-inflicted um, like I said, no one, no one was forcing me to go out drinking or or, or taking drugs. Um, but there's so many people, especially in England. Like in England, it is a big. Um, it's almost sort of socially acceptable, uh, which makes it makes it a bit of an epidemic. <laughs> to be honest, it, it's. Um, yeah, but there's so. Especially among men, the mental a lot of men are suffering with mental health, um, and if I can help, exactly they're exactly where I was, and if I can help them overcome it, and uh, 
get get back on track and live a better life for themselves, then it was worth worth it for me. Because it has to be. Because it has to be worth it. Because otherwise, I went through it for nothing, and I don't want to. I don't want to believe that that was true. I, I went through that for no reason. I've I had I've had to have gone. I've had to have been through that, and I think the photo shoot for me was just proving to everyone that you can do whatever you want to do. You know, if it, you you can, you can go from what what is quite a low point to getting to the the point I got to on Sunday. You know, people will say, I'm sure I sent you the photos, didn't I? So. You, you can change, you can change your life. And like I said before, no matter how low you are or where you are, it's not the end. You know, if, if you're still still alive and kicking, there's something left for you. 100%, man. And Paul, I, if people want to connect with you and follow along with what you're doing and, and heck, see see the photos from the shoot when you're when you're sharing them, where do they find you? So on Instagram, I am PB underscore the underscore transformation. Um, so that's that one. On Facebook, I've set my profile to public um, and it's Paul Barnard. Just search my name. Um, I will, what I will do, I will change my Facebook profile picture um, to the same picture that I've sent you. So people will be able to see and say, that's me. They can follow me there. Um, and TikTok's the same. It's PB, PB the transformation. Not that I'm very good at TikTok, so mm. there's not much on there. I mm. need to learn that. <laughs> understood, understood. Well, I will make sure there are links to that in the show notes today, man. Paul, I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run right. through those questions? Let's go. Okay, man. So question number one, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Living or dead, who is my favorite fat guy? Uh, Ethan Suplet. There we go. He's a, he's a good one to look oh, up. Safely, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Understood, man. Question number two. Top guy. Definitely, definitely. Paul, what is something about yourself that you love? Something about myself that I love. Something about myself that I love. Um, <laughs> what do I love about myself? Uh, I don't know how to answer this one. You've, you've stumped me there. Um, it's, a question we don't, I... it's a question we don't ask yeah. ourselves a lot. That's why I like asking. No, we don't. Something I love about myself. I love the person I've become. Is that a sexual oh, yeah. answer? <laughs> hey, I like it. I like it, man. Question number three. In all the work that you've done, Paul, yeah. what is the most important new habit that you've built? For me, walking. Um, personally, it's it's got so many benefits. Walking has more benefits than just helping you um, lose weight. It's the mental aspect more than anything for me. Um, I, I can literally just chill out, zone out. I put a podcast on or I put my music on and I just go for a walk and get my mind and my thoughts in order. Mm-hmm. I like it. So, I like it, man. That one. Question number four. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? To take, uh, date my wife more. <laughs> I like it. Definitely That's a date, good one, man. Definitely date my wife more, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. She'll appreciate that one. Question number five, man. Last official question for you on the main show today. If you can go back and talk to yourself on that, you know, even if you want to go back to that that first day that you you made the decision to stop drinking and using drugs, what is the message you would give to yourself? Don't give up. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. Keep going. If you don't quit, you can't lose. Love it, man. I think that's great. Just keep going. That's well, Paul, what I say to everyone. Definitely. Definitely, man. Paul, I want to say a big thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story and everything that we talked about today. I appreciate it. Obviously, we're going to continue this conversation in a second. But for right now, man, just thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Definitely, definitely. Like I said, all of Paul's information will be in the show notes today. Reach out to him, connect. If you want to connect with me and you haven't yet, you can find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto, on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto, on threads at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com and you can keep up with my blogs and recipes and everything I'm doing from that perspective at theketoroad.com. So my friends, 
get connected, and then remember to go outside or inside if it's raining and do something to amaze yourselves today because you're the most amazing people I know. And then come and catch us here on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. And hey, then jump over and, and catch me and Paul on the after show on the Patreon.